You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. There's no reason to become alarmed, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Welcome to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence Podcast. This is your pilot, John Lafferty, with Century 21 Town & Country. And co-pilot, Tony Abate, with Ross Mortgage. And we are your real estate pilots. Our job is to be your real estate advocate and also make sure you are educated about buying and selling process. We'll keep you informed throughout until we get you safely to closed. In a real estate transaction, there are many reasons why you can encounter turbulence. If you're buying a home, condo, or thinking about it, you don't want to miss today's episode. Today we'll be talking about homeowner's insurance from time from the time you call your insurance agent until you close on the purchase of your new home. Yeah, we'd like to welcome Christine Sahosky, who's in the jump seat today with Custom Insurance Agency, a true professional who strives to help homeowners avoid turbulence during and after closing on their home. Christine, tell us a little bit about yourself and why you love insurance. <laughs> Hi, John. Hi, Tony. Thanks for having me here today. Truly appreciate this opportunity. Oh, a little bit about insurance. What can I tell you? Um, why I love it. Been doing insurance for about 11 years now, but I've actually shopped insurance way back when I first bought my first home. So I, I have hands-on experience for myself, for my family members. And um, my job is to, well, to make sure that you're properly insured. And I enjoy the home is one of the biggest assets that you're going to purchase in your life. And I want to be a part of that for you. So um, it makes me happy when you're happy and knowing that you are properly insured. And it's a relationship that's going to last for years to come, whether there's changes or updates to the home or perhaps you're moving to another home. And as far as successful, well, with friends like you and referrals from you guys, it truly makes it even more special. Well, and there's a reason we send them to you because you do a great job with them. I appreciate that, yes, John. She does. So, yeah, she does. So I'm going to do my best today not to get any claims-related questions with you because I know that's not your area. <laughs> that's for a claims adjuster or claims person. So I'm going to do my best. So if, if I drift off into that area, please just tell me and uh, we'll refocus. Oh, no problem. There's so... Um, when a when a buyer submits an offer on a property and it's accepted, at what point after that should they be calling you to start the process of writing an insurance policy? And why is it important? Well, I do like to hear from the potential client, um, like you say, right after the offer has been accepted. Because at that point, we need to take the time to gather pertinent information to put this quote together, which is going to give you an idea as well as what your mortgage payments are going to be. Supposedly, that payment is escrowed into with the mortgage. So after you have accepted, your your offer has been accepted, yeah, definitely reach out to me, reach out to your lender who may know me <laughs> and, and provide me with the detailed information and photos that I'm going to need to um, work up a, a quote that at brings this up point. A, that brings up a really good question that you just uh, happened to bring up. So, Tony, do buyers really have a choice anymore if they want to escrow their insurance and taxes or – 
does it just make more sense now because of the rate breaks and everything for mm-hmm. a buyer just to do that? Yeah, that that's that's uh, that comes up a lot, and there are some guardrails tied to that. So in general, if a, a home buyer is putting down twenty percent or more, then they do have the option of either paying the insurance and taxes on their own outside of an escrow, or including them. Uh, in the house payment um, uh, in an escrow. The old argument used to be, I don't want to have my taxes and insurance in an escrow because I want to keep that money in my savings account and earn all that interest. Well, now that we're earning like 0.001% on our savings account, that argument really doesn't wash. (laughs) It really should be based on what's comfortable with that buyer. If they have the option, less than 20% down, lenders are generally going to require that those taxes and insurance are included in the house payment. Yeah, that makes sense. So obviously from your perspective, then it, it makes sense for them to get in touch with you earlier because you need to get that information to the lender so that they can figure out the buyer payment. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say, Christine, that a buyer doesn't get in touch with you. Let's say that they uh, want to get through the inspection first, which is typically seven to 10 days. And then, well, they want to wait for the appraisal too, just to make sure it appraises, which is sometimes 14 to 21 days into the deal. And if you've got a 30-day or 35-day closing, it's a pretty tight window to get with you and get a quote done. So is that going to give you enough time and or not? And if not, does it delay the closing? Well, I've never had to delay the closing, I myself, because of a quote. So personally, we're going to jump on it, okay? And because I do work one-on-one with the lender, and he pretty much knows what I need to get this done, the quote done, the photos, maybe the appraisal, and even if I have to go to the home personally myself, I will. So my job is to make the client happy, to work with the lender. We have a set date, a closing date. We want to try and abide by that date. So I've never really had to turn one down, to be honest with you, John. Make it work. (laughs) Yeah. That's good to hear. Now, let's say that somebody gets with you early on the process. Tony calls you up and says, hey, Christine, we've got the clear to close. Um, I know we're supposed to close on April 1st, but we can close Monday the 25th. Can you accommodate? Monday the 25th being prior to the 1st? Okay, yeah. So that creates some waves because when the documents, um, when the policy is bound, if you will, I mean, it's a contract between the homeowner and the carrier. So it's basically in stone, this is the date we're going to close. So when you change the date, you move the closing date upwards, that means rewriting the whole policy all over again, which can be done. But we run into problems where um, this takes time through the carrier because this is information that has to be uploaded overnight or a couple days. So now you have an existing policy. Now you got to try and write a new policy. So there's a conflict there. I can't just take white out and change the date. I can't do that. I can't do that. I have to rewrite the policy. But as far as how long it takes, it's kind of out of my hands. It goes back to home office. Yeah, Which does, is the carrier? Yeah, this comes up on the on yeah. the on the processing side of the transaction. Um, you know what, what I try to advise home buyers. Uh, you know, we, we we go through the typical process. You know, the hey, congratulations, your offer is accepted. We've got all your application documents signed. Thanks, thanks for bringing us that big pile of paperwork. And then the buyer's question is, what do we do next? And uh, the first thing on the checklist is make sure you get in contact with your homeowner's insurance agent. Um, that's early. It doesn't have to be that early, but it sure does eliminate a lot of turbulence. 
turbulence, right? Because Absolutely. there can be some good Q&A with the agent. Uh, when they catch this too late in the curve, uh, they basically are, are kind of kind of funneled into, if you want to close on this day, here's your policy. If they can have that dialogue earlier on, uh, I think they can have better conversation with Christine about options and why is it this way and so on. And then uh, communication is always the key, right? We can all work together to you know, get a little closer to knowing what that closing date is so that Christine does not have to rewrite that policy. It can change the premium sometimes, right? can change the premium as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So you never want to rush to write a policy. I mean, look what we're protecting, one of your most expensive assets. That's a good point. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. What is generally in a standard coverage of homeowner's insurance? Okay. First of all, homeowner's insurance. We are protecting you, the homeowner. We're protecting your personal property and from any damages that may occur, let's say, from liability. So we are protecting your dwelling, your personal property, your other structures, if you have a total loss, we have to put you up. That's called loss of use. Again, back to the personal property. Maybe there's something scheduled. Maybe there's a ring that's important to you or some fur or or even firearms. <laughs> but, I mean, if there's something of value, you know, that's what we're looking to protect as well. Those are kind of – the scheduled items are a little over and above the standard policy. But, I mean, basically the dwelling – and everything in it, you flip that house upside down and everything that falls out, that's your stuff. That is your personal property. So the standard policy, I'm assuming, covers fire insurance for the structure. Absolutely. Flood insurance for the structure? Yep. Okay. How about uh, a natural disaster such as maybe a tornado? Windstorm, fire Theft, flood, yep. And let's not forget liability. Say you have a dog. You've got personal liability coverage. Or maybe you own a trampoline. Or better yet, you have a pool or a pond. Yeah, we cover liability as well. When you purchase a home, you have greater exposure now. There is greater risk. There is greater liability. And so in writing a homeowner's policy, my job is to make sure that you are properly insured. Now, when you've written policies, have you come across different lenders that have requirements that are different from other lenders in, in a policy that they that they want to see? Requirements such well, maybe uh, maybe a lender. Uh, and Tony, maybe you can you can talk about this. Are there any special requirements that? Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or FHA or VA right. may require that's different than just your standard conventional buyer. Yeah, I'd, I'd be interested to hear uh, Christine's feedback on that because really uh, the rules of engagement as far as what should be coverage, uh, covered is they're, they're established by Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, you know, the entities that write the rules for all of us. So if a lender is imposing a unique requirement, then they're kind of stepping outside of the box. And so hopefully, Christine, you don't see a whole lot of different requirements from lender to lender. Uh, you know, in general, what a lender wants to see is that 100% of the insurable value uh, is covered. And that's insurable value as determined by the insurance company, not by us. 
And that, that's an important part. You know, we, we think in terms of appraisal, which is market value, the insurance company yeah. can't look at it that way. So I, I, I have to say, and Christine, tell me if I'm wrong, that by and large, the, you know, the mechanics of the policy are going to be pretty consistent from lender to lender. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up in regards to market value, because when you are insuring a home, you are insuring it for replacement costs not market value. Have you had buyers in the past tell you they just want to insure the home for loan value and not market value because they want a further discount? Uh, we have had that in the past, yes. Now, And what's your advice, Ben? Well, well I frown upon it, truly. Um, the age of the home comes into play. We have what's called actual cash value. What is the home worth at the time of the loss? So you can insure, depending on the age of the home, with approval from underwriting. So this is not me. I am backed up with underwriting, in-house underwriting and then underwriting from the carrier. So it has to be approved. Okay. Do I run into that? Of course I do. They just want to cover their loan. When I write a homeowner's insurance policy, I am writing for replacement costs. Insurance is all about putting you back the way you were. That's what it is. Making you whole. Making you whole. Okay. Hey, I, Christine, question. When you said that actual replacement, is that, is that the same as like an inflation writer or something where the coverage changes as the, as the replacement costs, the property changes over time? So yeah, like, what we're seeing, um, in the insurance industry, I mean, it is very normal for your homeowner's insurance policy to go up every year. Maybe not a whole lot, but you're right because the value of our homes go up the cost to replace that home. You got to remember here, we're not replacing a subdivision. We're not building in quantity. This is everything is subcontracted. It's pretty much a custom built home the second time around. So we get a we get clients who are like, "Whoa, my home's not worth that much." And I'm, I understand, but it's the cost to replace that home. What's it going to take to rebuild it and put you back the way you were? And yes, we do see an increase in the dwelling, um, the value for sure. The dwelling amount goes up. Which causes the you know the premium increase to go up, but the good news is we have discounts, and I on an annual basis like to reach out to my existing clients and offer them an insurance review. I'll call them, I'll text them, I'll email them, I'll ask them any changes in the household. Did you get a new roof? I have a discount for you. Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get into that. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to dig into that in a a second. Yeah. But I I just wanted to ask, ask you, uh, on that. You've been in the business for 11 years, um, writing policies and just curious back in 2010, 2011, if you were coming across homes where, the actual house value was less than the cost to rebuild it if it should be lost. Were you seeing a lot of that at that time? When I jumped in, a lot of people want to just insure for the loan, you know, what what they felt the home was worth. So we did get pushback. But again, I'm bound by the underwriters, and they're going to yay or nay it, you know. So without approval, we couldn't move forward. I really want to write you for replacement. I just got to I gotta make it whole. I got to make sure we're putting you back the way you were. 
Right. You know, and I remember that Can being a pain point, though. Yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. During the recession, when market values dropped, John, goodness, you know, we remember that. Uh, that was painful in its own right. But then, uh, you know, people would look at, well, hey, I'm, I'm purchasing this home for $125,000, and my replacement cost from the insurance company is $250,000. And and they're, they're feeling like they're being taken advantage of. But the reality is the market value is impacted, but the cost of the bricks and the mortar and the labor to rebuild, that really didn't change. And Christine, that's really Bingo. what the insurance company yep. has to look at, right? Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. That's a really, it's a really important point. And, and that's, yeah. you know, I, God, back then things were so <laughs> oh, back in upside 08? down, flipped the script, oh. mm-hmm. 08, 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I almost bought then too. <laughs> Good thing Which you did. Which meant I almost sold. So the good thing I didn't. <laughs> so, so let's let's get into some of the things that you take into consideration when you're talking to a buyer and going through your questionnaire of things that could impact whether or not you can actually write a policy um, or that buyer may be looking at work or repairs or replacements that they'll have to do once they take possession of the house. So let's talk about those things and maybe we can give some potential buyers out there advice on things to kind of be mindful of when you're out house shopping and looking at things to maybe avoid out-of-pocket costs right after you buy the house. Okay. Well, now we do have guidelines within our carriers and some of them will frown upon, let's say, fuses. They want circuit breakers now. I have many, many carriers who demand circuit breakers. They won't write it unless you have circuit breakers. Old fuse box in the house? Yeah. It's going to have to be replaced. Yeah. Um, I have carriers who frown upon galvanized plumbing. Now, is that galvanized plumbing throughout the house? Is that maybe just the the main line Going out from the house is galvanized. That's still going to be an issue. So the response is zero tolerance for galvanized. <laughs> well, okay. Then. <laughs> yeah, Tony can attest to that. Um, and we had this question come up this past week. Actually, we had one of our carriers in the office, and one of our um, producers had asked, you know, well, what if it's just the pipe coming from outside into the home? Just just that one small pipe, right? And they said zero. Tolerance, zero tolerance. Yeah, yeah. So galvanized plumbing is is a no for the majority of the carriers, actually. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. Things that we look at now. Keep in mind when a policy is written. You know, an inspection is set up. This is over and above when you buy the home. This is an inspection from the insurance company. Does that inspection take place before closing or after closing? It typically? takes place after closing. Okay. So the inspector comes out. Now, based on the value of the home, we typically just inspect the outside of the home. And we don't climb on your roof. We're not allowed to. <laughs> but if your home is valued over $750,000 and it's being insured for over $750,000, um, we will come inside as well and do an inside home inspection. So on the outside, they're looking at your landscaping. Do you have trees? Are they hovering over the home? Are they touching the home? They tend to frown upon that. Well, to solve that problem, you just got to trim them back. 
But that's not going to stop you from buying the home, though. You know what I mean? Um, let's say you have steps leading up to your porch. If there are four steps or more, you need a railing. Maybe it was never there. Well, so when inspectors say to us as as realtors, "Ah, eh, you don't need a railing here." Who's going to come out? The rail police and make you put a railing <laughs> yeah, <kind> up? Of. <laughs> you are the rail police. Yes, we are. It's four a liability. Steps or more. Absolutely. It's a liability. So does that include back back decks as well? Four steps or more coming up from the from the backyard to the deck. You know, that's a very good question and to my knowledge and what I've seen in the past, I'm going to say um I want to say yes. I am. Um, Yeah. Four steps or more. steps or more, they want some sort of railing. Now, many of us have patio doors. Maybe we haven't gotten that patio built yet or that deck yet, and you step out and you're over 20 inches high and you don't have something to step on. That's a no. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's a no. So you would go and you... You buy steps, which is, it's that simple. I mean, so that's not going to stop you from buying the home or the home being insured. And keep in mind, they're going to give you a time frame to complete those repairs as well. So they're coming out and they're taking their notes and they're letting us know. And they're telling us, you know, we need this, this, and this. And you have a certain time frame to get the, you know, repairs completed. Is it a, is it a pretty reasonable time frame or is it... 30 days or less. Oh, no, no. It's very reasonable. Okay. If you purchase a home in the winter and your roof or gutters need attention, we understand you're not going to get anybody out there based on the season. So we'll wait till spring comes, but it will be noted. And we're here to work with you. The underwriters are here to work with you. We don't want to leave you hanging. We want to keep the home insured. But now we have notes. And so together, we'll get the job done. You mentioned dogs earlier. I'm going to guess that probably a couple of those breeds that insurers don't <laughs> like are pit bulls and rottweilers. Correct. Yeah, there's there's a list of about 12. Um 12, but okay. yeah, yeah, I can't name them all off for you, no, but okay. anyways, um So what do you do? Is it a special rider it's or a do you surcharge. just say No, the, they are surcharged okay. for having that so particular you can still get insurance. Canine. It's just if it's one of those two if it's one of those 12 breeds you're probably going to, there's going to be a surcharge, but you'll still be able to get insurance if there's an incident. The majority of the carriers will allow you, um, will allow you to write the insurance policy. We might have a couple who will say no. There might be a few that say no. That goes in with trampolines and in pools, you know. They really have a fixation with trampolines. They do. They do. Boy, if you if you have a dog that knows how to jump on a trampoline, <laughs> holy cow! And jump into the pool. <laughs> the pool Think yeah. about that. Oh, <laughs> you don't boy. need a diving board. You got the trampoline. <laughs> can we can we talk a quick second? Because um, there are a lot of homes uh, north of here that are on two, three, four, and plus acres that have ponds. You can't fence a pond in. So. How do you write a policy on a home that has a pond? Okay. Well, it has to be noted that there is a pond on the property. Okay. Okay. So that's nothing different than maybe a detached structure. So this is all detail. So these are photos that are taken, uh, photos that I collect prior to writing the policy, who I turn over to underwriting and say, yay or nay, we're going to, you know, we want to move forward and write this policy. So yeah, oh, we run into ponds all the time. What I do recommend, though, is the liability portion of your policy 
we don't want to skimp on the liability portion. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we're just out of, about out of time, and boy, I'll tell you, we've covered a lot of interesting stuff here. Would you mind coming back for uh, another another session, another another podcast, maybe call it part two to talk more about insurance because I think there's a lot of good stuff that we still need to cover. I would, would you love like that? it. Okay. Absolutely. Perfect. Great. Okay. Well, that does it for today's episode. Uh, we'd like to thank you, Christine Sahosky with Custom Insurance Agency for providing really good information about how to avoid homeowners insurance turbulence. And Christine, how do people get in touch with you if they're looking for a great insurance agent? Well, Actually, I like the uh, hands-on. Call me. Call myself. And I'll give you myself. 586-255-3477. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate this. Tony, thank you so much. Uh, That's great information. Hey, thanks for listening to Avoiding Real Estate Turbulence. If you'd be so kind to subscribe, review, rate, and re-appreciate it. Please share with your friends, family, and coworkers that they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud.